0: everybody good glenn's audio actually working he didn't
1: test it it's not gonna work no, i'm so confident dice. when you say ready set go i'm not even hit record three two one record ah it thank works <laughs> christmas miracle <laughs> Nadish, that's it record <laughs> i hit record
0: hello my friends thank you for joining us for the pebcac podcast a weekly information security show featuring some all-around good people. It is week 26 of 2023, and I'm happy my hosts are back home safely. Week 26 of 52 means that we are halfway through the year. With me, I have my co-host, The Hot Dad, fresh off his hiking trip where he worked on toning his
1: calves. I don't know about toning my calves, but I did rub holes in the back of my heels and bled everywhere. But so you shouldn't take new hiking boots Oh, your... you, you didn't break them in
2: Oh so, either, either that or they're cheap shoes
1: Nah, they weren't cheap <laughs> But I disagree Like I, I've, like there was a point in time where Like I was doing lots of running And I I, bought, I was like, oh you know I want to buy Some Air Max 360s Because that, that looks like just like running on pillows And I ran a quarter of a mile And instantly I had like six blisters It was like game over But. Oh wow yeah, But then I would go out and buy like a New Balance or the uh, Asics, and there'd be, there'd be nothing wrong. And that, there, there was no break-in period. So I kind of felt like if a shoe fits, it should just work. I don't know how to break. I don't know. I'm not used to breaking in anything in. But yeah, anyways, it's it's broken in with blood.
2: But some, <laughs> some some shoes aren't built for running. I don't think an Air Max 360 is built for running. The New Balance and those other shoes? Yeah. Those are built for running. Air Max running.
1: 360 is a running
2: shoe. That
0: was a running shoe. Yeah. Was I had really? the 180s back in the day. Yeah. They're meant as running shoes.
2: Yeah, Spoiler, I, thought I thought those were more. good. I thought those were more cross trainers, though, are not they? No. Yeah,
1: but for like, I think even then it was like a it was a short run, like I think like three or four miles, like that. That should not have been anything. I remember I was like in so much pain. I took the shoes off, and walked back, and like in and your it was socks. a hot day out in Arizona. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. You ran Puerto. back in your socks. <laughs> no, I walked back because my my ish was all tore up, so there was no running that day.
0: And we have Glen Medina defrosting <laughs> from his trip to Glacier Country.
2: Thanks, guys. Glad to be back. Oh my God, I was uh, in preparation for multiple clothes changes and layers of clothes. We took three luggage, checked in luggage over there, and used every article of clothing that we had inside the inside each luggage. Just trying to make what, sure we stayed What was warm the temp
1: there. over there?
2: It was actually it was nice. It was a, a low at. One day it was fifty and a low of like forty and the other one was like a low of you know, still a low forty and a high of sixty. Like everyone was wearing shorts at sixty degrees over there. It was it's like, hey, there's a heat wave coming through. So yeah. But it wasn't More the temperature. Standards. It it wasn't the temperature that was, was 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 bad or was good or whatever, right? It was a fact that it was like pretty close to twenty two hours of sunlight. And two hours of dusk, which made it really cool. So, if you guys have ever been above the Arctic Circle or close to the Arctic Circle, it is quite
1: the phenomenon. What was that? Was that your favorite part of the trip?
2: Yeah, because like I, I played golf at eleven thirty at night, and yeah, it was still sunny. We, st- we started at ten, we ended at one, and it was still sunny. It was amazing. We could still see the ball. Yeah, I was expecting it for be dusk already, and couldn't see anything. And we were, like I said, it was it was nice outside. I have an uncle so, that
0: served in the navy, and when he was circling around the Arctic, he would say there was like twenty three and a half hours of sunlight. It would just throw completely throw
1: off your circadian rhythm. So, on the flip side, is there a part of the year where it's twenty three hours of darkness? Correct, and it's yeah, okay. yeah,
2: yeah, very much so. So, like on the other side. I think starting in November, December, and maybe the middle of January, it's sixty days of dark.
0: So that's the Antarctic right now It's probably
1: yeah. twenty three hours of darkness. Yeah. I just have the uh the Chappelle show thing going through my head. Darkness everybody, darkness is spreading.
2: Yeah. <laughs> And the other I remember thing what
1: that, the context was, but I remember yeah. that. And the other thing that know. was
2: coo- the other thing that was cool about Iceland is I, I I've never felt so safe, like in a city of you know I think they said it was like three hundred four hundred thousand folks. Reykjavik population, yeah, it was like two hundred thousand I think lives in Reykjavik or three hundred thousand live in Reykjavik. Like the cops don't wear don't wear guns. It's like a s- stop or I'll say stop again type stuff. Um, but no, that was it. Was it was very safe, like walking around at ten, eleven, twelve, one o'clock in the morning in a drunken stupor, back to the hotel. No one's no one's in there bugging you. So it was, it was awesome. Yeah,
0: it's good because you're on an island. Even if there's crime, where would you go?
2: <laughs> yeah, to a boat. <laughs> yeah,
1: swim. So they they don't have crime there. They don't have homelessness. Oh, they, they have crime. They have,
2: they have homelessness, but you know, to them, I don't think it's as bad as it is in the U.
1: No guess this week. Combined,
0: we have decades of information security experience are right here not just to educate, but to entertain. We've got four awesome stories for you this week, so sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. This week we're going to talk about summer travel tips, the very slow gears of justice turning. For our third topic, ransomware closes a business, and we'll close with messy talk.
2: Messi as in the soccer dude, messy.
0: Yeah. Way okay. no messy. Messy like my office. Yeah. Oh. For our first topic, we are in the heart of summer travel season. And now that the pandemic is officially over, airports are reporting record high travel once again. I thought it would be a good reminder for our listeners to talk about some common scams and traveling tips for when you attempt to disconnect for travel this summer. Attackers do not go on vacation, and neither should security awareness. First one, beware of vacation rental scams. The, quote, wire me the money to secure your reservation is a tale as old as time. But with vacation rental platforms like Airbnb and VRBO gaining popularity, so are the scams. There are entire hacker toolkits out there made to look like a clone of Airbnb's website. And when it comes time to make a payment, you either wire the money Send cryptocurrency or make a deposit using a credit card and there's no actual reservation made. These scams clone existing listings or create entirely fake ones. Whenever possible, use a credit card. In the United States, credit card holders are not responsible for fraudulent charges made without their authorization, even with phishing attacks in most cases. Wire transfers, personal check, and money orders have very limited, if any, recourse in the event of fraud. Do you guys know anyone that's ever fallen victim to this kind of scam? Vacation rental, fake sites. I'm fearful now. I
1: think yeah. I just paid for an Airbnb in solid gold. So, <laughs> he sent some some gold bullion coins. <laughs>
2: I, I sent a couple goats, and yeah, as a deposit, I think we're good. So, yeah.
1: I've had the I've had the scam of you know, we'll we'll rent it out to you cheaper if you just. Circumvent Airbnb altogether. We'll, mm. we'll cancel the reservation. Cut out the middleman. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, thank you. My... Do you still do, you do that, or do you still go through the platform? Uh, I just I say I like to cancel the reservation. And I just go book something else. I'm like this dude shady man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna get th- yeah. I'm gonna get there and just have a bad time. My daughter went to Utah recently, and when they got there, the key to get inside the building wasn't there so they had it and they ended up like sitting outside the 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 place for a couple of hours and the guy showed up and he's like i you know i don't know what happened i apologize but you know just park your car here blah 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 they get into the uh into the airbnb they wake up the next morning the car's towed (laughs) (laughs) oh no (laughs) so the uh the the spot that he recommended that they park in yeah they had to pay like 300 bucks to get out out of Hawk, and uh they message him like, "Hey, listen, like where you told us to park, we got our car towed," and he's, he doesn't even answer. Just like whatever. So,
2: because he owns the towing company, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> right. yeah. he's Dope also the he's also the Dope. sheriff of
0: the town too. No kidding. <laughs> so beware of actual scams happening on the Airbnb platform.
2: Yeah, I've I've have you seen people like sell homes that way as well, like. Like for some reason, there's a transfer of title, and you've got some moving company moving into moving to your house, and people are like, "Hey, I've got the title of the house. My 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 house was sold. Your house is sold. It's mine now." And I'm like, "No, nah, I don't think so." It actually happened to a friend of mine where he was trying to move. He was trying to get into his house, and somebody had opened the side door, and it was inside of his house sitting. And he had confronted them. He had called the cops, and apparently the guy that was buying the house was defrauded out of his down payment on the house or something like that. It was just really strange. I don't know if you guys heard of that.
0: I've heard like the squatter thing where during the time the house transfers title, the house is empty. Someone starts living there. And then if there's squatter rules, especially here in California and some cities have very strong squatter protections that you just, you can't legally kick them out. You have to like evict them, go through this whole eviction process, even though they're just literally squatting in your house.
1: I'll evict with my fist. Very simply, um, have you guys seen the the Tinder Swindler on Netflix? Yeah, that was a an interesting one. Yeah, so I at first glance, I'm like, yeah, this is nothing I'm really interested in. But I think it was like an hour forty five minutes. But the show was wild. This dude is like coming off like he's like flying in private jets, hooking up with these with like random women, and uh, and then this. Taking them for everything they they own. And it like it, it ends like Arlington Road, right? Like it just like it does not end in a favorable fashion <laughs> at all. Yeah. Everyone's like, I don't know if I've ever seen Arlington Road. If you haven't, go watch it and you'll just be pissed off like me. <laughs> that
2: was on a ne- yeah. that was a Netflix commercial, was it? Tinder yeah, it's yeah a Netflix, Netflix documentary. Show. yeah. That's what I meant. Yeah. Yeah, yeah
0: he he basically come off as a really rich guy and then say, oh, he'd always have an excuse like, oh, my bank accounts are frozen or my enemies are monitoring my bank account. I need you to take out a loan, wire me the money I promised to pay you back, double or something like that. And these people that he would meet on Tinder, they would believe him, give him all this money and open credit cards in their name, give him the credit card and he'd charge up the
1: limits. And yeah, basically he was not who he says he was.
0: Surprise, surprise.
1: Yeah, all it took was this one chick that wasn't that dumb right like let's say his name is peter smith and he's like yeah i'm gonna send you a credit card and it shows up and she's like why does it say glenn medina on it you're, you're like <laughs> i don't understand he's like oh um let me explain like if it's looks and smells like crap you're right pretty much is and she she <laughs> kind of was this snowball moment for for that guy's ending his career yeah
0: so another tip while traveling as much as you can do not use public wi-fi networks if possible. Many mobile carriers now offer free international roaming or make it available at low cost. I've talked about it before how easy it is to do an evil twin attack, that even if you're connecting to Marriott Guest or Hilton Guest, that could be a fake hotspot and stealing your data. So, just in general, try not to use public Wi Fi if you can. If you absolutely have to use public Wi Fi, use a VPN because the VPN will encrypt your traffic, even if someone's trying to sniff it on the wire. I thought VPNs are dumb. (laughs) VPN for for accessing
2: personal use.
0: Yeah, for accessing enterprise applications, we can have a conversation there. But for personal use, it's it's a must if you use public Wi-Fi. So, what VPN are you using, Christopher? I won't tell you what I use. I'll I'll give a few recommendations though to the ones that I can recommend. Proton VPN, I like them because they're based in Switzerland and they're so what is using one of the <clears throat> okay, go
1: on. true can no log a, Can we get a
2: sponsorship here? So <laughs> <laughs> I mean Wind, windscribe. He, he uses
1: the email service too, so Windscribe
0: is another good one. I've heard good things about Windscribe. And then I think TunnelBear is the other one. I've never used them, but I know that they have gone through an independent third party audit. And when they say no logs, they really mean no logs.
1: So with everything being encrypted nowadays, what would you be fearful of having, like, what kind of data would you suspect people would be getting from you? Well,
0: if you use something like TLS strip in the middle for an adversary in the middle attack, they could, in theory, try to take away the the TLS encryption or get in the middle
1: there. So that's... Well, the user would have to be an absolute moron. So, <laughs> for a majority of people listening, that's not gonna. That's not the case. Well, there's they'd that, have to click there's...
2: on the accept certificate every time, right? I mean, if someone was doing something like that in the middle, right? Man in the middle attack.
0: Yeah, you'd have or to approve every
2: certificate that comes across.
0: Open file shares. A lot of people, when they connect to a network, they say I'm on a public or I'm on a home network. So you could have open file shares. This happened to my went to me when I was in college, and I. I don't consider myself a hacker. I was technically savvy, but when we were in college, it's one gigantic local LAN, and I could get into like so many people's computers. And I did the responsible thing. I dropped a file in their desktop that said, Open me. And I said, Hey, this is your file system's wide open. I can steal anything I want. You better close it and send them instructions on how to close it. Network neighborhood,
2: the good old days. Yeah. The the other, go ahead. Go ahead, Brian.
1: I was going to say, like, sometimes I'm bored. I have too much time on my hand. And I will try to capture as much traffic just leaving my own house because I have so much IoT and a family of six. And like, I can't make sense out of any of it. It's always encrypted. There's nothing really that sexy to get a hold of. Maybe a website that I've never been to that I'm requesting in HTTP that just does a quick redirect to HTTPS, but that's about it.
0: The other thing you could worry about is if you're connected to an evil twin is a DNS poisoning attack. You could think you're going to PayPal.com, but they're actually sending you to a fake website because they own the DNS server and they're telling you where to go. So a DNS poisoning attack is uh, a that's attack more as well. that's that's more le-
2: that's probably more legitimate though, right? Than a man in the middle.
0: Yeah, probably at this point with how much HTTPS there
1: is out there. Yeah, but if I'm traveling and I have to open up PayPal, I'm definitely not doing that on there. Like, what are we actually doing, right? We're just we're opening up. We're gonna go to Netflix, maybe YouTube, and that's it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not gonna. Oh, it's a great time to pay all my bills with my personal <laughs> credit card, real quick. Might as yeah, well I'll get into your corporate VPN while you're at it.
2: <laughs> yeah. So hey, I got a question for you guys. So on the topic of you know travel safety, do you guys use debit card or visa because i know i mean chris you just mentioned in there about using your your credit card versus you know a check or a, a master c- or a check or a you know a, a bank ch- a bank check or a money order or something like that right do you guys have a
1: always a credit have card a preference
2: right? yeah. One? yeah
0: always i always yeah. use a credit card if i travel international there's credit cards with no international transaction fee but always always use yeah. credit if you can it's- so
2: I have a friend or a couple of people that I know they use their 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 bank debit card, and I tell bad them, idea. Like, Hey, that's bad a really bad idea." idea. And, and do, do we want to let users know why we think it's a bad idea? Like I said, in our opinion, right? Of course. So, Chris, you know yeah, it. Of course. Yeah, let's let's explain to the to the, to our user segment why using a bank debit card is a bad idea.
0: It deducts directly from your bank account. So if so it's compromised, someone can just keep withdrawing cash, withdrawing cash, and even if even if it's fraudulent, like these investigations take months. So you can be out five, ten thousand dollars for months. And for someone, that could be their rent money, that could be their medical bill money. On a credit card, you, you don't have to pay it. You're not left holding the bag. and the protections are a little bit better now for debit cards, but credit card, you're zero dollars liable for fraudulent charges for debit. There are some nuances there uh, went with that. So always, always, always use credit.
2: Yeah, and that's that's what I heard as well, right? So even on, you know, the the protection, if you were to use a bank debit card, they they could theoretically only protect up to like $50 per transaction. But even then, it takes a while for the investigation to kick off. And sometimes it's one to two months for you that money to return back to your account, which you lose access to versus like you said, a, a bank credit card they they take full full responsibility of that balance at the beginning
1: so you might find yourself in a predicament similar to like my wife and her friend when they went to israel so they were gonna they they flew in tel aviv but they were staying like in jerusalem and then also like in, in bethlehem and at some point in time like you you need to always have cash right and so yeah you have a couple of options in in the risk versus reward and all that good stuff so i i, I was like well the exchange range or like they're killer and i thought no nah, this is not a good idea and trying to do a cash advance on a credit card i was like eh, i don't want to do that either just because there could be associated fees so i was like how about we do the debit card and what we did um in this particular use case one is it was a debit card that was tied to just a singular account that had a finite uh, uh, yeah a finite amount of cash in their period and there was no withdrawing. Uh, or link to other accounts for like an overdraft. Two, I instructed both my wife and her friend on how to look at an ATM and, and pick off, like if there's a skimmer on there or something like that, like some, some precautionary things. And then the last one was... Yank on the card you, reader. Yank on the card reader, yeah. Like just, you know, just try to fiddle around with it. And the last one was, uh, went out and and found out the top five big banks in Israel and said, if you're going to go to an ATM, go to one of these five banks and you should be okay. Yeah,
0: yeah. As long as you put guardrails and have other safety measures and compensating controls on it, I think that's that's fine. I, it should be it. The phrase shouldn't be never use a debit card. It's if you can use a credit card and use a debit card only as a last resort. So, so here's another
2: one for you guys as well. So, going to Iceland, All right. Pretty cashless. Like, like they told us, don't take cash, and if you do. Take take a little bit. Don't don't exchange any. Every transaction I had out there was in credit card form, so which was nice. I, I, and I took two hundred dollars in cash just in case because I don't like to travel without it. But it was really nice. The other thing, and this is a really cool thing, was everything was it, it, as expensive as everything was. Tip was included and not expected, so it was nice to just write down the amount of the check for dinner or lunch and just leave and not have to worry about having a tip on top of that. That was awesome.
0: That That's actually got to be a, a story number four for maybe we'll do it next week or the week after of tipping culture because in my opinion it's gotten out of control here in the US and I don't want to get into it now since we're going to make a topic out of it. But I I'm think with you on that. Yeah. Lively yeah. conversation about that one.
1: Yeah, because uh, so with... che- he's a cheap bastard. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> so... So Glenn, was it primarily swipe or chip? Uh, chip, everything okay. was chip. Yeah, chip. Yeah, yeah. US, that's what drives me. That's about US
0: the
2: US is, is like behind again. We're the yeah. last country oh, yeah. on
0: earth that still swipes.
2: Yeah. Yep. And it was it was not chip insert. It was chip tap.
0: Mm,
1: yeah, tasty. NFC. Yeah.
0: So COVID friendly.
2: Yeah. The, the The other thing that's interesting is they don't take their card, right? They they have. They're not allowed to take their credit card, go swipe it or chip it, and then come back with the rec- with the receipt. They give you the machine, and you are supposed to tap it on your own. Your credit card always stays on it the whole time. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. most of Europe.
0: That's most yeah. of Europe. The U.S. is backwards in that way as well.
2: Yeah, well, backwards in many ways, but yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, last two things I wanted to mention before we move on. Uh, number one, be cautious when charging. Don't plug into random USB charging cables that you find at the airport or at a tourist spot. They could potentially steal your data. And the last one, keep your devices uh, up to date. Always do apply the OS software
1: updates before you leave. You Ooh. should uh, link in a, a USB data blocker for like iOS and, uh, and Android to the show notes for everyone. Yeah,
0: that's a good call. Yeah. The, when charging on an unknown unknown plug, like airplanes nowadays have USB ports on them. Again, I don't trust it, so I use a USB data blocker. It's actually commonly referred to as a USB condom. That's a generally accepted term for this device, but it, it only allows the power pins to go through, and it completely blocks the data pins. We need That's to get what I call
1: Zscaler. It's an internet condom. So. <laughs> I'll link
0: through
2: to the one that I
0: personally use. <laughs>
2: we, we need to get some branded yeah. for, for the show here and give them away as goodies for, for our listeners.
0: All right. For episode 120, maybe we'll we'll get some made up.
2: There you go. There you go. Thanks. 124.
0: 124. Well, since we had such a lively discussion on topic one, I'm going to skip topic two for now. Maybe we'll move that one to next week and move on to topic three. This will be our ransomware story of the week. A hospital in Illinois has closed its doors, citing a ransomware attack as one of the reason it chose to do so. A 2021 ransomware attack against the St. Margaret's health crippled its systems and operations for months and stopped them from billing, collecting payments, offering services and shut down its entire electronical medical records or its EMR system, IT systems, and email systems as well. Without, with, paper processing sometimes it took months to send the claim to an insurance company and they have clauses in there that says you must send those claims in a timely manner so the bills went out no money was coming in unfortunately companies shutting down as the result of a cyber attack is become more common and there's actually a public tracker for them now and i'll link through to them in the show notes of all the companies that shut down due to a cyber attack so unfortunately this hospital. Didn't survive, and citing the Rensmore attack as one of the main
1: causes. I feel like I should take an idea from that TV show, Shits Creek, and try to target a small town. Because if I went after like the uh, the courthouse and the major hospital that's there, that you know, like a small town, I'm talking like a population of like eight thousand. In, like, you know, a couple gas stations, I could probably buy that town pretty cheap because I guarantee you they have zero. Like, I think the level of effort to infect Globe, Arizona would be very, very easy. Like, I think they'd shut down the entire town if I really wanted to. And, and, and probably with less than four hours of effort. Like, that's how little I, I, I believe in their security.
0: They're probably still running Flash. So just find some kind of Flash vulnerability
1: that
2: and their own exchange server so
1: yeah i think you just walk in like i think you just walk in like just it's like you own the place and be like oh all right you know he has a tie-on he should be able to do this and just start plugging stuff in shoot just drop a usb over. key in the parking lot yeah i think people would willingly do it like hey do you like your job and I'm like no man f these guys i'm like i thought so hey plug this into your computer when you get in <laughs> But you would go belly up, like if you like you took on like uh, the hospital in question in Globe is called Cobra Valley. I guarantee you, they're not ready for any of this stuff. Like if they got hit with ransomware, it's it, they're just gonna lock the doors, patients are gonna die, and it's just the, it's end of days over there. So I'm not surprised. I, I almost wonder if this hospital was small as well. You didn't so see how they many operated in
2: it. Six. They sold. They own, They they own six hospitals or something like that in the area.
0: The boat couple of them yeah, yeah and it's so. what it's one of those things that like you said it's they don't have a whole lot of IT staff they're relatively small staffed and they're focused on providing care not securing against ransomware attacks and there is a thought floating around that maybe the government should help subsidize like the IT and security systems of critical infrastructure like have some kind of shared services model they they do this in Canada they have a, an IT shared services model where The government of Canada all relies on one government body to help them secure their IT systems. And maybe that's what we need here in the US for things that are critical, like hospitals and power plants.
1: Wait, have you not heard of the tick? What the heck, man? How about submarines? (laughs) Shared services for submarines. (laughs) 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 Too soon, Glenn. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Did I hit hit a nerve? I, I don't. Want, I won't say this is every credit union in the United States, but every credit union, at least in Arizona, they outsource all the IT, like their website and everything they do internally. It's 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 like an MSP, right? And I, and I forget the name of the system on the back end. like if you if you crack one, you crack them all. Like it's it's game over over there.
0: That's the danger, yeah, because there was a dentist MSP that got hit, and every single dentist that subscribed to them got hit as well. They went upstream. So there's you yep. really, really have to protect that that core there. Or We apply, shouldn't be saying this stuff. Apply the principles <laughs> of know, zero trust. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you have a zero trust network access then, and that's not an issue. But if you have a flat network like a VPN, then you're asking for trouble. Exactly. Might
2: as
1: well be a bullseye. As they said in Wedding Crashers,
2: I, I, yeah, like I said oh, it, right. some some other hospital chain will probably buy this, absorb it into its system, and and replace all the systems, and you know buy it for pennies on the dollar.
0: Yeah, that's that's the hope because hospitals do provide a critical service, and if you shut one of them down, that's one less place to go to, and the there's, that's not going to change the amount of demand for hospitals. That just means the surrounding hospitals get busier and have longer wait times. Yeah. For our last topic, and it'll be a rotating topic every week. This week, we're going to talk about a classic Silicon Valley dilemma. And I asked my co-host, what would you do? In the hit HBO TV show, Silicon Valley, the protagonist, Richard, is faced with a dilemma. He developed a software program that a big tech company, which is supposed to represent Google, they will buy it for $10 million in cash and own it forever. His other option is he could take a $2 million investment for a 20% stake in the company and try to grow it into something bigger. They both value the company at $10 million, but Richard obviously takes the investment or there would be no four seasons of the show. Soccer, for the rest of the world, football, star Lionel Messi had a similar dilemma. Saudi Arabia was willing to pay Messi $200 million a year with a guaranteed six-year contract to play for their league. Football star David Beckham and a cohort of investors convinced Messi to play for a much lower salary for Inter Miami, a U.S.-based team in exchange for equity. David Beckham was given a similar deal that if he left and came to the US to play for the LA Galaxy, he would have the option to buy an expansion team for $25 million. And that was a good move because he bought Inter-Miami for $25 million and now it's worth $580 million, a really good return on investment. Now, Messi gets a salary from Inter-Miami. He gets an option to buy an expansion team. And to sweeten things, he'll get a cut every time Apple sells a subscription to their Major League Soccer Pass, and he'll get a cut every time Adidas sells a soccer jersey or a pair of shoes. So Messi thinks that the long-term the long-term goal of buying a team, getting a cut from Apple, getting a cut from Adidas, is going to be worth more than the $1.6 billion he was offered from Saudi Arabia. So would you guys take the guaranteed payout, or would you take the equity?
2: Well, if any of you guys have watched Air, I think it's on Netflix. It speaks the same Prime. thing about uh, uh, as yeah, a Prime. Okay, yeah, the same Air's thing about Michael, Michael Jordan, right? And his contract deal. I thought that was pretty ingenious. Like Thank God for his
1: mom. She's yeah. the one that made that happen.
2: Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. So I think he's. I still like haven't seen that. Billion. So
1: I'll have to watch that one.
2: Yeah, you'll have to watch it. Yeah, but uh, along the same lines, right? That this is good for them. Um, I'm just jealous that it's not me
0: <laughs> getting paid. Would yeah. you have sold out to Saudi Arabia, take the 1.6 billion guaranteed?
2: No, I wouldn't take the 1.6. Like I said, that you know what what my, what these guys have built or are building is generational wealth. We're way past them. The money is just going to keep building itself. I think it will be. What do you guys think?
1: I think in, in this scenario, with the sports, it definitely makes sense. But can we pause real quick? He was going to get paid $200 million a year to kick a ball. Like, just let that settle in and think about, like, what we do for a living day in and day out. <laughs> way harder. <laughs> way harder than that, I don't have to tell you. For six um,
0: years, guaranteed. Like yeah, but what if he got injured? Is there, is there an injured
2: contract inside, inside there as well? Like, if he didn't no, play, would he no, still get No, it's, it's guaranteed. It's okay. guaranteed,
0: yeah. And he's he's 36, so he's near the tail end of his career which is probably why he decided to leave uh PSG. And same with David Beckham, he he left when he was around his mid 30s which is the tail end of his career too. So I mean it's good, he'll be 42 at the end of that 6-year contract which is way over the hill for most football players but guaranteed money, but he took the equity route he thinks that's going to be worth way more.
1: I mean good for him. I hate I hate soccer, so like whatever, dumbest sport I've ever watched. <laughs> So on the flip side, right, so I, I, I would agree with the athletes right here. Go for the the long term vision. Now, if I were gambling man and I'm going out to, to do like the uh the powerball is it powerball, what's the big one that's like multi state? The Powerball Lottery. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's right, multi state. So yeah. I'm doing I'm doing the I'm doing the lump sum. I'm not taking the uh the money over twenty years.
0: In general, that's what the finance experts say as well based on the time value of money, based on having... And I guess there's a giant asterisk around that. Take the lump sum if you can save responsibly. You're not going to buy the Stripper Girlfriend a Porsche and a 10-carat diamond ring. You know, Maybe if that's the case, take the money over time. But if you can be responsible with the money, you should take the lump sum.
1: Get the lump sum, and I'm going to try to rejuvenate MCI WorldCom. Just bring it back, baby. I think it's a surefire deal. What do you think?
0: I would not invest in MCI WorldCom's comeback.
1: Are you laughing in the background? Is is Zoom muting you? Because all you see is just smiling at me. Like, what an idiot. Or are you kind of giggling? I can't tell.
0: (laughs) I'm just giggling. All right. It's just so random. You want to bring back MCI WorldCom. Of all the defunct companies (laughs) to bring back,
1: why not bring back Enron? Or Enron. What's another one? Global Crossing. Global Crossing. Um, No, I would... No, I'm not going to say this because you'll put it as an NFT or something <laughs> like that. So I'll bite my tongue. I'll say it after the recording. Yeah. So, I, what I'm are in, you doing? You, you going for the the long term investment?
0: I'm in the same boat. I think I think equity is the way to go, and I I sort of liken it to our jobs today. So mm-hmm. the three of us have a commission component to our our. We have a salary. We have an on on target earnings, and I've. I can at least speak for myself, so i've I've had decent years, I've had really good years, but I've never had years that would compare to what it was to get equity in in the company, either be it you know pre i p o options or the e s p p that comes with working for a company or options grants that comes work working for the company equity is the way to go and that's how you build that generational wealth it's you can work really really hard and make a decent commission check but it's almost always on the equity side that people really really get that payday
1: agreed i think that so it, it it's worked out for us but i think that some people that have worked we'll call it to say zscaler you you're there pre-ipo and you go public and then you know people are just like they 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 look at it and then they're they're constantly trying to, to chase that dream over and over again, right? So they leave and they go to another startup. And the reality is to, to actually go public is like so wild. Like it's, it's so rare in my it's opinion. Like
0: one in a thousand. I forget what the stat is. It's, it's like one in a thousand.
1: You either get acquired unless, or you go out of business. Unless your name is Mark Harris, who <laughs> this dude is the IPO whisperer. I think he, he went public at F5. And then Barracuda, I believe, and then he went public at Zscaler again. If he ever leaves Zscaler I might have to take a long hard look at where he's going. <laughs> because this dude is uh he has struck light or struck gold three times and it just blows my mind that he's been that well to do with uh, you know, picking companies to go work for. Do you know anybody else in the industry that's actually ever done that?
0: I don't think I've I don't know anyone that's got three IPOs. Acquisition, yes, but three IPOs is is pretty rare.
1: I was talking to uh, someone that we all know, and I was asking him because like he left Axis Security right as they were acquired. And I was like, "Man, that must have been great! Like a you know a great windfall of of cash." He's like, "No." He's like, "He's like you want to go public." He's like, "Getting acquired is this is this a tax problem? It just makes doing your taxes that much more difficult." It was not worth it whatsoever. I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting.
0: It's true. So in, in general, when you have an LP, like limited partnership, the investors, in acquisition, you usually make, th- and there's a general rule, 3 to 5x your return on acquisition. But an IPO can be anywhere from 20 to 100 times, depending what stage you got at. So you you'd always want to go IPO if you can. It, it It's not chump change when you get acquired, but between the two, IPO is the way to go. And um, I also want to caveat it. So it's not without risk. Taking the mm-hmm. equity is not without risk. So, like companies I think of WeWork, uh Theranos, some of these companies that gave massive stock or I shouldn't say massive, they gave stock grants that were worth massive amounts of money. At its peak, WeWork was worth sixty billion dollars right before they were supposed to IPO. Now I, I, I haven't checked lately, but I think they're like worth five billion today or something. And Theranos doesn't even exist today. Their stock was worth all their 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 market cap was like eight billion, I think, at the time, their valuation and out today it's worthless so it's equity is not always a guaranteed payout but if it's worth the risk like i think apple will sell major league soccer passes i think adidas will sell
1: shoes and jerseys so
0: that's a worth Mm -hmm. uh, a risk worth taking in my opinion
1: apple selling guaranteed oil changes for uh, toyota highlanders not so much (laughs) i get that so um you know it's it's funny though like there is a risk i remember when i left f5 quarterly we were closing between like this me my my one account rep we were probably closing 10 to 15 deals a quarter right and then left f5 came over to zscaler and I remember negotiating and talking about the isos and stuff i'm like what are you talking about? Like, I'm like, this is like monopoly money. And like, you're telling me it's worth something? Like, I don't believe you whatsoever. Like, I don't, I don't get it. Like I, I, I understand and this is a negotiating with a guy. I'm like, this doesn't make any sense to me. I don't care. And then I remember coming to an agreement, started the company. And then it was like, I went from closing 10 to 15 deals a quarter to like closing one or two in my first year. And I remember just sitting here like, my God, this was the, the biggest mistake of my life. I'm mean, in a very challenging uh, territory. Um, and then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, you know, we are going to go public. All right. And then that happened. Then all of a sudden, then it all changed. Then then he went from the one or two a year back to becoming highly transactional uh, quarterly and all that good stuff. I, mean, I can't talk about anything in the last couple years because there's that whole like, you know, insider trading thing that we don't want to cross the line. But yeah, it, it definitely worked out in my favor and your favor as well, too.
0: Yeah, that's that's the risk of joining early, st- earlier stage startup versus an established company. Is you take the risk, you join it, you you're invested in it. It's in your interest to grow the business and help it succeed. And that it worked. It worked for for us. We have this monopoly money until such day that we go public, and then now it's worth real becomes real,
1: real so inflated did you come dollars. Directly from Citrix, or were you at like a Iron Key or Ironport? I can't remember.
0: I was at Iron Key before. So the, okay. what happened in Iron Key was the assets of the company got acquired, but the company itself did not get acquired. So that's how they were able to acquire the company without paying us all out. So we kind of got hosed mm-hmm. on that one, which is another risk of owning that equity. If they structure the deal in such a way like they acquire the assets, but they don't acquire the company, then you can end up with zero.
1: So you, you joined roughly a year before me, right? Yeah. Were yeah. you at all thinking, like, what the hell might? doing here like was this a mistake where you just like you believed in the tech you just knew that it was going to happen and you, you knew you were going to be okay
0: As a true believer as a true believer I, I knew that we might be a little bit early at the time because companies are still very much on premises and this notion of cloud was sort of emerging at the time but i mm-hmm. believe it was the right company right place right time and here i am seven and a half years later
1: for real that, that's wild man I think it was a little contagious. I think Bill Lapp, Guy Moran, and you like this, your your wholehearted belief in the company and everything that we were doing, like it just it just spread, right? The Next thing you know, I felt like I was walking around sounding like Bill Lapp. I'm like, why am I, t- like, why do I sound like this dude? And I'm like, I'm just starting <laughs> to believe. And uh, yeah, and then as sad as it is, man, like if it wasn't for COVID, right? I think COVID really helped with network and digital transformation, uh, in, in in you know in a, in the whole. <clears throat> yeah,
0: sometimes it's better be lucky than good.
1: Yeah. And if everyone's wondering what happened to uh, always late Glenn Medina, uh, he just said be back and he just exited the recording. So Lord knows he's probably reading his horoscope. I don't know. Like, what does Glenn do? Maybe he's in the restroom. Like, it's whatever. it's we one of those you, things.
0: Though. If if we don't hear back from him in twelve hours, we alert the Coast Guard. Exactly. Well, we continue to get great comments about our dad joke of the week. Dad joke of the week. This week,
1: Brian's up. You know, I just closed my notes. So let me...
0: You can't recall one off the top of your head?
1: I could, but I had some dialed in today that I thought were better than the other, so... All right, Control-Shift-T. It was actually on my phone, unfortunately, so... Pro tip right. for you people
0: out there: This actually helped my wife. When you want to reopen the tab you just closed, Control Shift T, or on the window on a Mac, Command Shift T, it opens the last window you closed.
1: And if you have a fear that your significant other is using a incognito window, just open up a terminal session and do arp -a. You'll see everything that they were just on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Did you know that cigarette companies? Killed their best customers? And on the other hand, did you know that condom companies kill their newer customers? These <laughs> are not going to work.
0: Wah, wah, wah. That's fine. <laughs> I'll let that okay. one slide. A literal dad joke. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right, let's wrap things up. Be careful traveling this summer. A hospital shuts down due to ransomware. And always go for the equity, but know the risks. That's all we have for this week. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. You can find us all on LinkedIn. Links will be in the description. Follow us on Instagram at Podcast. Thank you to all our listeners and subscribers who raised five stars in the iTunes store on Spotify and left us a review. We appreciate you all spreading the word to help grow the show. The best way to find us is to search for the Pepcac Podcast on your favorite podcast listening app. With my co-host Brian Deitch and the absent Glenn Medina, I'm Chris Flewing. Thanks for listening. We'll see y'all next weekend. As always, have a nice day.
1: It's Glenn. Bye, Felicia.
0: <laughs> Bye. Bye, guys. And stop. And stop.
2: Have a nice day.